when we talk about what should be done to reach the next maturity level, often the focus is rather on our teams and employees than on the boards. How about the boards, especially the board's actionability? There are practical approaches to strengthen the board's actionability, and with that, the entire organization they serve to. I'm glad to have you here on air. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. You might be a board member, executive or non-executive, responsible on C-level, corporate integrity council, or on your way there. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact. Founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts and the Corporate Integrity Academy with its leadership circle. With the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability, yours and the one of your organization. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us. Strength and the actionability is what we need on board level too, not only when it comes to our teams. As a member of a board, no matter whether it's a management or a non-executive board, whether you have one or two tier boards, we have the responsibility to increase the actionability for the sake of our organization. That is one of the duties we have if not the most important one. Without actionability, we are having a boat with a dysfunctional seamanship. Bringing it back to the business world, a dysfunctional board works against the vision, promised, even though it is often not obvious. And the root cause is kept protected. In many cases, I see during serious investigations when it comes to non-compliance. A strong, actionable board is important. Important to steer towards the vision with a supporting strategy and wise tactics. Having said that, you might already discover that actionability is, of a board is not just the sum of each individual serving the board. And here the challenge starts. During one of our monthly circles, we have in our Corporate Integrity Leadership Club, the topic of dysfunctional boards was raised by a senior executive. He has a complete different and especially outside perspective as he supports the organization with the selection of new board members. It was no surprise that he recognizes and stated that the boards need more resilient leaders. I fully agree on that because without resilience, no actionability. Therefore, both aspects need to be strengthened. That is rarely told and the reason why I took it up in our discussion within the private setting of the circle. 
but I also want to share it with you in our today's episode. When I enter the search term in any of the search platforms, the term is not yet connected to leadership. It is rather in the health and safety environment. We talk about resilience. Taking a closer look, there are a lot of similarities when it comes to crisis, no matter whether we talk about natural disasters and damages, accidents, or corporate crisis. The exceptional circumstances require additional skills. These skills allow actionability during crisis. Why are we not talking about it? Our reluctance as human beings not to talk about the worst cases is inherent. Or have you ever seen the topic when it comes to the evaluation of a board work? I did not, and I have seen many highly rated external assessments from global providers. That is the reason, the key reason, why we do it in some of our boards. We assess our actionability as boards. But not only that, we first assess the individual actionability and the board actionability as teams. We end up by having first an individual assessment by board member, an executive board assessment, that's our management team, and the supervisory board assessment, our non-executive team. And here we see the different levels of actionability to prepare ourselves and even more important to implement the measurements needed. This is one of the board topics which I see as most important to develop the team. The discussion also came up whether we should do that internally or externally. I think it depends on three key questions. The first is, how mature and experienced are we when it comes to assessments? As a team, are we experienced already or not? It really depends on the organizations and the teams. The second one, are we managing biases effectively? <laughs> if you have a board or management team who thinks we do not have any biases, I know that you exactly know where to start with. And the third one is, are we willing to invite external providers for feedback? It also depends on the culture and uh, the organization you are in. Not every organization wants to have external providers to do so. And if the team is mature enough to do it by themselves, it's absolutely fine. With these initial questions, a discussion can be started regarding an internal or external process. But not only that, it starts to bring the topic to the table As you might already have experienced by yourself, it always depends on the board, the culture, the team you have, how well you know each other, and what you would like to achieve together. At the beginning, I was talking about the boat without seamanship. For those who are familiar with the term, this might be a repetition. I like the comparison of what we need on sea and the corporate world. Because often, when we step back a little bit, we discover valuable approaches we could adapt. The definition of seamanship is the art, knowledge and competence of operating a ship, a boat or other craft on water. There are a lot of details listed what the knowledge and competence involves. And it is interesting to see that also rescue and firefighting is involved. The degree of knowledge needed within these areas is dependent upon the nature of the work and the type of vessel employed by a mariner. 
Same for the corporate world. The degree of knowledge and competence is depending on the organization and the board reserve. What is also inter interesting to see is that the competence and knowledge is active and not passive. The actionability is key to reach the art of seamanship. It's action. I'm not going into more details, and I know not all have the same addiction to the sea as I have, but maybe the metaphor of seamanship supports also you to transfer the importance of actionability to your organization. What are now some key pillars to strengthen our actionability? I would like to reduce these only to three, knowing that there are many more and every individual on board has its own preferences and culture. It would be overconfident to assume that there isn't a one-fits-all approach. Not at all. Definitely not. The three pillars I would like to talk about are to recognize it, to validate it, and to prepare for it. As always, the first step is the hardest when it comes to actionability. To strengthen the board actionability, we must have a look at it. We have to recognize it. The topic needs to be become visible by bringing it to the agenda, to the table. And here we are already in the middle of the first pillar, recognizing that actionability is key for the organization's success. Often, it's not recognized. How do we do that? There are several approaches I have seen implemented, and also here it depends on the organization's culture and the maturity level. A few ideas I like to share when it comes to the recognition pillar are including actionability on the board's agenda as a topic to be discussed. This must be the initial step before anything else. Include it in the strategic discussion and in the risk management process. It starts with the risk landscape and actionability is part of it. Also included in the yearly assessment of the non-executive board members, but not only in their goals, also in the goal-setting process of the executive team. If actionability is not included and measured, it's not being done. That's what we all know from our experience. And when you hear these different actions, you see that many areas are affected by the topic. That initial step is important to raise the awareness. What I often see is that after having initiated the first steps, like putting it, putting it to the agenda and sensitize the team, the next step is the validation. This makes absolutely sense, especially when the process started at the board level and the assessment is already implemented, but not only then. A validation does not only consist of an assessment. There are other valuable aspects to validate the individual and group actionability. Where I see the most valuable source of strengthening the actionability is when individuals and teams are in exchange with peers, especially also with external peers. That is what we, for example, offer our members in our Corporate Integrity Leadership Club and Circle. We focus on strengthening the actionability of the individuals. These individuals gain the knowledge how to increase their own level on an ongoing basis, but also the access to like-minded peers and learning from them. With these opportunities, the validation on the individual level can, can be done. Another side of effect is that the members are constantly 
validating what increases their capability. Validating the entire board as a group can either be done with an assessment, which includes the aspect of actionability. As I mentioned at the beginning, these assessments can be done internally or externally. And another option I support is the yearly peer validation. Of course, anonymous with the other boards in the peer group. And when I say of course, it also depends again. But it needs to be a trusted environment to do so. But that's another topic we take up in another episode. And for those knowing me already, you know that I strive for actions rather than reactions. Therefore, we need to digest the results of the validation done in step two. We need to prepare based on what we have learned during the validation phases. On an individual level and on a group level and a team level and a board level. When the validation is professionally done, either by the peer process or an assessment, we have a lot of information we can use to develop the actionability on both levels. To be honest, what I often see when I talk to my clients or peers, here it stops. With the goodwill of talking about actionability. It's just done. Please, do not waste what you have invested so far in step number one and two. When you arrive here, having taken the burden of bringing the topic to the table, which is the first step and maybe the most difficult one, you did the validation, it is definitely worth to gain the success with the last step. Implement it by preparing for it to keep your actionability. Adjust your goal setting, for example, for the boards and the management. Measure it. As I said before, what doesn't get measured doesn't get done. Train and exercise and exercise and exercise. Yes, you can exercise it. And you also can do that on a regular basis and become part of a peer group if you are not already and take it up as a topic. In episode 20, I talked about how to prepare for incidents. You will find another, also other ideas how to do so if you are listening to that episode number 20 again. When you ask me about my opinion of how to strengthen the actionability, you got the answer. Recognize. For me, it is also tell about it, speak it up. Validate. This is very important for me because I get the insights often in the discussions with peers and clients and can reflect on it. We learn much more about ourselves when we validate it. Same for boards, no matter on which level. And preparation is key. There is no unprepared seamanship. And you know me and you also have the possibility to go back to the different episodes when we exactly talk about that. For example, in episode number 20. So let's think about it. What can you do as an individual and as, a, as part of a board to increase and strengthen your actionability? I'm sure you have so many good ideas. This was episode number 24 of The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. Following the belief corporate integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. 
Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. That's it from my side. I thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernemann and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye.